0: Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick.
1: Hey Andy. Hey Patrick. How's it going? Good. I'm back on the podcast now. You're back, Lazy. This guy? You can talk too, Trey, if you want to. <laughs> okay. <With us>. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where'd you go to where'd you go on vacation again this time, Andy?
0: Um, can you guess, Patrick, <laughs> where I went on vacation? <laughs>
1: Why don't you just move to Disneyland? Why don't you just move there?
0: I would love to, but you know they, they don't have any residence for me there. You know how they say in the haunted mansion, the haunted mansion. There's there's 99 ghosts, but there's room for one more. And I've been applying and applying to get a position. Do You have
1: 99 problems, but a ghost ain't one. Yeah, that you just said? exactly.
0: <laughs> you want to you want to be a ghost in the haunted house? I just want to live in the haunted house. I don't I don't really want to be a ghost. Would you want
1: to live in the house? It's old. It's, it's decrepit. Old. It's just on the inside? Wanna well, live in the Star Wars world where it's yeah. brand new. Or Space Mountain. Yeah.
0: Space Mountain, uh, Splash Mountain though. I'm down for that. Star Wars Land, Patrick, is old and decrepit too. It's fallen apart.
1: Have you seen it? No. I th- I heard it was new. They they it's, built it
0: last year. It's new in terms of like Recency. our time, right? Recency, mm. right? But it's from a galaxy a long far, time ago. Far away. Very far away, yeah.
1: Yep. That's a facade though. Right, I don't know. Don't they have a? Isn't there? <laughs> no, I heard this. Isn't there like a door, like a where where Walt lived, like somewhere in the?
0: Oh yeah, it's above the tri- um the fire station. Is where he lived.
1: They have a fire station.
0: Yeah, you know, on Main Street, when you first walk in to the left, there's a, a little fire station. Oh. And on the very top was an apartment where he lived, and there's a little there's a little candle, like one of those like those old-timey-looking candle <laughs> things, that's always lit.
1: It's always lit for, for Walt. Uh, for Walt. Yeah. Walt's candle, his flame yeah. lives on. That's yeah. right. The forever flame. That's where he lived. Him and the, the unsung hol- soldiers, holders? I almost <laughs> said holders. Uh, no, you did say holders. No, no, the, the eternal flame in D.C. for the soldiers? Yeah. So the soldiers get it, and freaking Walt Disney gets it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he's frozen? Yeah. In some cave somewhere we we're, yeah, yeah. we're gonna bring him back to yeah, life it's or It's probably head just least, right, right, right up there, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's our what's our topic today, Andy? <laughs> 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 nice that you went to Disneyland for the fifth time this year. It's only February. <laughs> How many times you play <laughs> go
0: As many times as, as they'll let me. As many times, Patrick.
1: <laughs> You're like the you, do you you guys don't remember Cheers. You know Norm on Cheers? That's what you are at Disneyland now. You're gonna you're gonna come up to the gates and they're gonna be like Andy, come on in. I don't really understand that
0: reference too well. Sorry, I no. I didn't really get that far into Cheers.
1: If I had your two ages together, they equal mine. So I was hoping, I was just hoping. <laughs> anyway, we have we have a guest. We do. Do we have not introduced? Apparently, like six,
2: six.
1: You're six, Andy's 20, I'm 26. Yeah, there we go. Done.
0: (laughs) Um, We do have a guest, Patrick. Yeah. So we we have with us Trey Winterton, who is a product manager at Workfront. Is that right, Trey? That is my current title, yeah. That's your current title, right?
1: Right. Product manager. But this you, is weird to have a PM in the room with us. Is it weird?
2: He usually makes designers yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah,
1: how do we? Uh, we got to watch ourselves. Well, like, I got enough static for making fun of PMs in our other
0: Yeah, that's true. Things. Now, if we, well, that's why we brought one on, right? We yeah, yeah. I can
2: make all the jokes because it's safe for me to make PMs. It's yeah, yeah. okay for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just slide <laughs> these pieces of paper,
0: This, yeah, these jokes over to you. And you just read them, okay?
1: That's like the you guys watch Seth Meyers. Yeah, he does that with the jokes that he can't say because he's a white male. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's what laughs> so, so he bad. gives him he gives them to his other writers, a, fem, a female black writer and a and a female another female. And they uh-huh. they they say the jokes that he is inappropriate for him. That's smart. It's pretty funny. Yeah, teamwork.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, we have you on the show, Trey. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Um... This all came about because you you were talking to me about a potential topic on the podcast, right? Um, about how you transitioned from one um, one discipline to another in the tech world, right? Um, and so we wanted to kind of explore what that was like.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So let's jump into that. Um, so you um, you haven't always been a PM. Do you wanna talk about what you've you've done before that?
2: Yeah, um, I moved into software, I'd say four years ago, uh, coming out of, I worked in optics of all industries, glasses, contact lenses, various different companies, some startups, uh, and decided I wanted to get into something a little more problem solving. Uh, And so I got into UX research, at a company called Nav, Uh, they're still around, they're Mm -hmm. over by eBay, kind of, and after spending about a year there, I moved to do UX research at Workfront. did that for a little over 18 months, and then decided I wanted to do something different. Uh, (laughs) UX research was the holy grail, it was supposed to be the perfect job for me, and for a long time it was, and then uh, human nature sets in and you start wanting more. Uh, we can never be happy with what we have we can find the perfect job and still hate it uh, it's just who we are as a species uh, contentment is not a part of us uh, not for long at least mm-hmm. and so uh decided to to change it up and uh, move into move into pm and uh, I'm not what kind of exploration do you want to do on that topic here?
0: Yeah, so I think it's really interesting that like you you got into UX research and it seemed like it was the job you really wanted, right? Totally. Like it was, you said like it's like your holy grail job. Yeah. I'm totally happy. Um, how did you start finding out that it's not exactly what you wanted? You want to do something else?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of why I got into to research in the first place, okay. and then getting like 80% fulfilled there. So the whole reason was that I wanted to make the products better for the people who use them. I was really frustrated being in various roles where I'd say, well, can't our tool fix that? And they say, well, it could, but it's not what we're working on. Mm-hmm. And so I'd get frustrated that our tool wasn't better in the various roles I was in. So I wanted to go work on the teams that made the tools good for the people who use said tools. Like, hmm. It felt like we were always business focused in everything we were producing and I wanted to have some user-focused work. Um, And the only, I I felt that the reason that wasn't happening was leaders were misinformed. They didn't understand that what was perceived as a usability issue actually lost sales. Deals weren't finished because people couldn't find a button or something like that, that it wasn't just Upset phone calls I was trying to reduce, but actually increased business that I was trying to to drive as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that's missed often at a higher level of leadership in in all businesses is that it's all about you know the margins, the profits, and you start forgetting that people are the, who are paying your bills. Uh, they are the <laughs> ones who are buying your products. So that if your product sucks, people are going to stop buying your product, or at least slowly stop buying your product. Um, so I wanted to kind of become this champion for users and making products for users. And so I thought user research would be uh, a great way to do that. And for a long time, it was it was really uh, validating to like my personality. Uh, there's a bit of nobility, I guess, and in UX, you guys both being designers, UX designers, and me being a previous researcher, of saying, "Oh, we're focused on the user." You can kind of pat yourself on the back a little bit, yeah. like like there's something good <laughs> about what you do, focusing on the user. <laughs> so there's there's all this like positivity coming in, and I was feeling great for literally years, feeling great. Um, but then what what started to, those cracks start to form, right? Those those unsatisfied cracks, and the big thing was. I didn't get to finish anything I started in the sense that I'd go learn about a problem and then I'd hand it to someone else and say, you fix it. And it was so frustrating because I would have these really empathetic, truly like connecting conversations with the users I'm sitting down with. I'd try to walk a mile in their shoes, learn what it's like to be them and be like, wow, that really does suck. That really is painful. I'll get someone else to fix it. (laughs) And I couldn't take any ownership of that. I couldn't say, I'll fix it for you, or that is wrong. Let's get that taken care of. Here's a timeline. Nothing. I could just have to say, I'll tell someone else. And that's where I got a little bit, for me, why I got into UX research, that's where it kind of didn't quite run up to that wall was I wanted to be the one to, to make things better. And I was helping other people make things better, which I guess maybe I should be more of a team player, but I wanted more ownership. I wanted more skin in the game. And product management seemed like the the one that always kind of was off in the distance of being like, maybe, maybe product management. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what happened with okay. not being satisfied with research there. Cool.
0: So before you actually, you know, transitioned into being a product manager, how did you find out more about that role? Like, how did you find out that that was the one you wanted to transition into?
2: Yeah. Uh, Actually, I think I probably should have done a little more homework, honestly, (laughs) going into that. I I was really familiar with design, and I really, really like the design role, but uh, I'm close enough with enough designers to have seen some of the frustrations you guys experience as well, where you want to focus on quality, uh, really proud of the work you guys put out, but then a PM or an engineering manager comes in, and they're talking about scope so you guys are constantly getting told like we can't do what you want to do we've got to make a crappier version of it um
1: yeah our job is essentially we're we're ux designers but we should be called scope creepers (laughs) because even if it's like hey can we make a button they're like whoa whoa wait a second step off we're trying to accomplish a goal yeah Yeah. they have to do it they Mm -hmm. they need a button yeah that's going to impact our velocity we can't do that yeah do you have any idea how
2: much jeopardy that puts the sprint in? Yeah. Let us
1: have a dev make it. How about that?
2: Totally. So, like, like I said, there's there's no perfect job. But looking at the the design job, I was while I love it, respect it, don't disapprove anybody who's in it. It didn't feel right for me. It didn't feel like um, I'd go in and have be emotionally successful. I think I would run into times where I'd be too frustrated too often, not being able to do things the way I wanted to do them. Uh, and PM seem to have a little less of that. They seem to get to say, make, be a decision maker more, which is kind of what I was looking for Mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, but what I guess maybe I didn't realize is that everybody has a boss. (laughs) As I I always kind of thought (laughs) the the scrum team's boss kind of was the PM (laughs) to a point. Um, I do not dictate much of my backlog. Yeah. Uh, I definitely have a director, PM, who <laughs> made some of those shots for me, um, which, is, which isn't wrong. That's why you have these these layers of middle management. But um, I think one of the things that I should have done also a little more research into was product ownership. Mm-hmm. The, the scrum ceremonies, the official terms. <laughs> uh, I had gone through scrum training like two and a half years ago, but that was a long time to... And and every company has their own flavor of Scrum. Literally everybody knows this. Yeah. And so um, that was something that that I wasn't quite as prepared for. But the customer conversations, prioritizing problems, having communications with your devs, those were those were skills that I had had built as a research researcher that transitioned really well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I probably should have done a little more homework on. The day-to-day responsibilities. It was more the influence of the role that appealed to me. Yeah. Okay. Do awesome. you feel like
1: you've gotten, you've received that? I mean, do you do you feel like it's still there? Like you, you you still have the user, the noble. Like we're doing the right thing for the user, but now you've got a little bit more influence. I want to say power, but it's not really power. Does it, You're asking the you works. Like yeah. yeah. It like, are you are you is it uh, yeah are you happy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Such a, a huge question. Here we um, go. Here we go. Wow. Yeah, I, I'd say... I
1: mean, the output of the transition, right, should match what, I was go- the what gold, you were going right? for. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, is it close? I know it's probably not it's, it's
2: definitely not, like, exactly what I imagined. Grass is always greener in certain aspects, but I would yeah. say, yeah, overall, I'm totally happy. Um, it's been such a small thing, but has been so satisfying for me, has been able to articulate customer problems to developers. Um, I really like my devs. I know people have mixed opinions about how closely a product manager should be with his devs because you don't want to be best friends because then if they're not producing quickly and you have to have a hard conversation, it's tough. So it's it's a... I've had different opinions from every single person I've talked to about the type of relationship I should maintain with my developers. But my stance is that they are adults, grown men and women, that they belong in the workplace and have just as much to say about the product they're making as I do about about dictating it. And so I really like to collaborate with them. I like an an inclusive team feel. And so I really like when they say, why the heck am I building this? This seems really stupid. (laughs) And I say, hey, let's talk to you about, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but blank, blank, blank account this is the issue they're having and this is why we're fixing. I have a recording of it and there have been times that I've invited them to calls and set them down and they get, the lights come on and you can see them going, oh, okay, they're using it in a way that I would never have imagined to use this product, yeah. but that's their prerogative. They do get to use yeah, it that yeah. way and I do see why we need to adjust the course here. And I feel like I'm never trying to like argue an agenda because I always just say, this is why. I, I have a why that's very present for them. and. I have a really good relationship with my developers and I really like that about my role.
1: So coming coming from um, user research, where your focus really is user, like creating, like solving the user's problem or discovering the user's problem for the most part, right? And then handing that off, what what kind of, because now you're more responsible for the business end of it as well, right? Which is like, okay, great. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier is I always feel like, like with us, it's like we fight and advocate for the user, but sometimes we can't qualify that on a business side. So have you found any balance between the two? Like, I can come in and advocate for the user and push and push and push for this thing that I know the users need because it's important for them. Um, Like, how how do you manage that a little bit?
2: Uh, I think the best way is learning to really fight fire with fire. using user research motives as the reason that drive some of the things but then using the business lingo and metrics to push agenda oh, yeah. um, that's been really helpful to have the skill set to gain information empathize with users but then now say i, I think i don't know if i would say my skills have particularly grown over the last six months of being a pm but having the pm seat at the table to make The voice the same information I would have historically Mm -hmm. is received differently. Um, But being able to say, hey this impacts these users from this organization, that organization pays us this much money on these intervals and other organizations similar to them are using it this way. This is basically how many dollars this feature is impacting. I'd like to fix it or I'd like to do it differently. Um, But using empathy to identify what fruit needs to change and then using business to argue a case basically. That's a cool way to look at it. I've never thought about it that way. So yeah, I, I guess being cross-disciplinary has its advantages in that that aspect totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like, Patrick, oh, when cool. we've talked about how to have a relationship with developers, you have to kind of speak their language. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's speaking the language of the business to those stakeholders of the business, right? To, to have actually communicate what the users need in a business way, right? Totally. That's really cool. Well, and even
1: then, even then from, from even like to a developer or designer on your team, right? It's like... You want to relate to the designer, bring the, you know, like, like bring all the wonderful empathy stuff in. Mm-hmm. So your designer's on board, but then the why, yeah, like the why a lot of times is the, we're doing this because we're going to, we have to make money and have jobs and, you know, we want to grow our business and that kind of stuff. You also have to communicate that to even back to the same person. I love what you're saying is like, bring in a lot of that initially with, with this is, this is why it's going to impact our users, but this is why it's going to impact our business. And have that correlation. That's that's super fascinating to me. I never thought about a PM would do that. Honestly, I just always have considered them more like we're doing this for the business. Yeah, revenue, Make revenue, money, revenue, 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 right. revenue. Yeah, more installs.
2: I will say there are meetings that i in that are pretty revenue, revenue, revenue. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Everybody get in revenue. <laughs>
1: um, but I like I like that cuz i think i see like we've talked about it here like you have projects that are like you know like we want to do the right thing but they're going to be 3 months long right mm-hmm. we're going to do th- to do the right thing for the user they're going to have to be 3 months long or 6 months long right and then every pm just goes oh never mind right oh, okay, it can't be done in 2 it. weeks then no it's not happening yeah it can't be done yeah so it's like oh we're going to do it but then also like there's all the there's all the uh, the usability things the, the repercussions the consequences of building quickly and releasing features and, and product that fast, you wound up we wind up with disjointed user experiences that lower your adoption rate. Mm-hmm. But then if you're not if you're if you're a PM that's concerned with revenue and not concerned with adoption, you never prioritize that stuff, right? Yeah. But in your case it sounds like having that perspective and transitioning from a user like you you went from I mean, I guess PMs do user research. Yeah. Good ones. Yeah, good ones do, <laughs> yeah. um, and even better ones do it good. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> uh, they just go ask people questions, but yeah, like I guess there's not that much of a transition into it from your from from your from being a UX researcher going into a PM. Like, there's not that much. I mean, like you yeah. said, other than day to day, there's not well, a ton for, right? for me. Close. The big one because
2: we do. Oh, actually, we reorganized it a little bit since I took the re- the PM role I, I work oh. from, but it's... Historically, we had PMs who did product management and product ownership within one role. So the product ownership is the uh, story points, epics, doing the scrum oh, stuff, okay. and then product management is go to markets, working with product marketing for phrasing, um, sales, meeting with sales, meeting with customers, setting, prioritizing the roadmap. So we kind of see those two as kind of, I see one as product management, one as product ownership, and both of those were done by the same role at Workfront historically. Um, and product ownership just, was something I was, had very rough foundation in Um, being on a UX researcher. I wasn't part of a scrum team. So it wasn't like um, being a designer moving into PM who's used to some of the, you know, daily standups and the ceremonies you go through. I was on a different team. I didn't go to any of those meetings. I didn't know which documents I needed to show up mm-hmm. with prepared so that I didn't look like a dummy. Just being like, someone's like, oh, who's supposed to have the epic? Like, oh, was that me? Like, Yeah. There was a ton of moments like that when I first transitioned. I was like, oh, this sucks. I hate not knowing what I'm doing. I'm used to knowing how to do well at my role. Um, and transitioning, you have to kind of take a few steps back and let your ego just take the hits. Um, which was fine, right? I love what I do now, but... <laughs>
0: Well, it's cool though. I mean, like that—that transition—that transition had to be hard. Right. Like, if you didn't know it, like they can't exactly expect you to know everything, right? Totally. But you still feel bad when you when you don't exactly do everything you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're still definitely.
2: learning. It. I I think uh, a belief I like to hold, have others hold about me and work to communicate that belief is that I'm smart, I'm a hard worker. If I say I'll get it done, I'll get it done. Uh, and going into this new role, I had to ask for help a lot Hmm. and that's not, I don't want people to think I'm the guy who always needs help. Uh, and so coming out of, uh, being a senior UX researcher, really feeling confident in the UX research skills and roles and people would come to me as at work as someone who they trusted to know the answers to their questions to a new role where I'm the person who knows nothing and needs a ton of help. That, That actually was pretty tricky. And probably played into job satisfaction for the first month to two months of being like, ah, did I make the right choice? I just don't know if I'll get the get the grasp of this, if I'll be a good PM or yeah. I'm going to fall flat on my face.
0: That's cool. So you had to ask for help and you had to like kind of just take the hits in terms of your humility, right?
2: Uh, I'm the kind of person who will ask for help. I'd rather look dumb, ask for help and get the right project, uh-huh. get the right progress than um uh, I guess sometimes I take stabs at things just to be brave, but sure. uh, yeah, asking for help is something I believe in. Awesome. Even, if, even if it does hit your pride, it's the right thing to do. Awesome.
0: So I wanted to touch on like how you actually made the transition. So we started talking at the beginning of how you like, you kind of came in, you're a UX researcher, you're a senior UX researcher and you decide, I, I want to be a PM. How did you actually make the transition? What did you, what steps did you take?
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ultimately, my goal one day, I'd love to be a chief product officer at a company. And okay. I knew that prior to making the transition for probably a year, year and a half. So like there, there's a ceiling to the UX research role at some of the biggest companies. You basically see director of research, director of UX research, and that's it. There's nothing beyond that. And uh, okay. I'm a little more ambitious than, than that. Uh, so I knew eventually one day I would need to take a lateral step either into design or into product management or something to get past that that ceiling that research has for itself, at least currently. Mm-hmm. And uh always kind of leaned towards product also because there's another, you know, we have a VP of design at at workfront, but we don't have a chief design officer. And so PM kind of had an appeal in that sense to me. But I always kind of thought it would happen at the director level, that I'd hit director of research, then I would take a sidestep into director of product as someone who's willing to take a gamble on me. Yeah. Um <laughs> which it's real, that, but that was the plan. And then uh, I had a particularly frustrating week at work one week and uh, Workfront gets food trucks for their employees every Friday, free food trucks. It's super cool. And I was down there standing in line and uh, one of my friends at work, he's the director of product management there, was, how's work going this week? And I'm candid, but then I was like, it kind (laughs) of (laughs) sucks. And it had nothing to do with like just being a UX researcher. It was just the the project that was on my plate at the time was being a pain in my butt. Um, And so he was like, well, why don't you come product manage for me? Whoa. And I was like, are you being serious? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. Think about it over the... This was a Friday. It's truck Fridays. So it was over the weekend. I was like, you know, I'll take it very seriously. I will think about this this weekend. I'll get back to you on Monday on if I want to come product manage for you. And it was actually like a, a pretty... Hard, hard thing to think through because the like the things we've talked about, there is some nobility some of, of being in the UX side of things yeah. where you get to fight for the user. And, Yay, users, <laughs> awesome people. I'm a, I, I support the people. Like, I love that. I love that part of being a UX researcher. Um, and I like being able to... I'm, I like puzzles. I like hard problems. I like being able to really dig into information. And I knew my ability to focus on info or my time to focus on in- info would decrease. Um, I knew that so far I'd been doing well at research. Mm-hmm. Um, I think y- you guys invited me out to put on a lunch for you guys like a yeah. year and a half ago. Um, you know, people, had, I'd get messages in Product Hive. I was feeling good about the name I had made for myself in research, and I was like, really, am I ready to to abandon that and yeah. not grow that any further, especially with... Um, the success I had seen so far it's like, I'm good at this. Why do something else? Why why change when it's going well? Yeah. Dude, you're like in the Occupy Wall Street camp
1: outside of Wall Street, right? <laughs> yeah. And then your buddy comes out from Wall Street. <laughs> Andy loves these analogies. <laughs> your buddy comes out from Wall Street and now you're going into Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably how it felt. Yeah. It was
2: like, wait, I'm going to go inside and still do good, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, I reached out to two or three people. I, I decided that I was leaning PM right mm-hmm. now, leaning PM now, not waiting till later. Uh, but I reached out to a, a couple mentors of mine. Um, and one of them, it was uh, my VP of product at NAV. One of, he's currently, a, some, he's, he's at Weave. I'm not sure what his title is over there. Um, <laughs> uh, a CPO who was a friend of mine. So some of these people who had been in product leadership know me know my personality know my skill set said hey guys getting this offer for a pm spot now should i take it or should i stick with research and unanimously i was leaning product management unanimously they all said you'd love you'd love pm you're set for it this is the role for you you should make the switch so uh reaching out to people i trusted and then trusting my own self to make that switch uh made it and then i had months of probably two months of wondering if i had made the right choice
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: but really Having that the ability to schedule customer calls, do customer research, invite developers, then sit down and, and write up an epic and say and feel really confident in the epic that I'd written, you know, with customers supporting it and, and files attached. And if anyone has any questions, I can say, look here, um, I've been very confident in my PM uh, offerings so far, and I've received, you know, i have received. Yeah, I'm sure they're all just being nice, but but my devs seem pretty excited about the way I'm working with them. Um, i hope to be the best pm you know silicon slopes has to offer here in the next couple years but uh that's going to take a lot of growth because obviously i'm not perfect today and uh tons of pain lots of humility you can't have pride and expect to grow so embarrass me all you want guys all right yeah now now you're the conductor yeah
1: right in the orchestra right mandy
0: yes to bring another analogy into this to
1: bring another one came in from occupy wall street to be a conductor (laughs) But you you are though like yeah. now you're the conductor. That's the way I've always seen PMs is like like they're the conductor of the thing, right? Like they there's, they you are. Got, you got developers, you got the bassoons, yeah. you got the violinists, you got the bassists, they you got the percussion, <laughs> right?
0: That's right, Pat. What, what are the designers though?
1: Uh, I don't know what the designers are. They're they're one of those things out there. The designers are always uh, if you're in a band like a, like if you're in Weezer. Compared to Weezer, okay, in like a four-piece band, I always thought the I always thought the uh, the the designers were kind of like the, uh, the rhythm section. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, all right, but there's no conductor. So we're in agreement in, in that in Weezer, we don't have to argue right? about this anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, the conductor
2: is generally the
1: lead the lead, singer. Like the lead guitar player. Gotcha, okay. I, I
2: do have to, yeah, part of my role is to be the face of the product at times. I've gone on lots of customer calls and mm-hmm. that's meetings. That's true. And you can't be afraid of public speaking and be a good PM. Yeah. Nope.
0: And you can't be ugly, Patrick.
2: You can't be ugly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to be the <laughs> face are you of the product. To me, man. That's what he's saying.
0: <laughs> that's why we're UX designers, and that's
1: why he's a PM. Yeah, because we're ugly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Oh, on, I feel so flattered. i yeah, yeah, yeah. also so sorry for the that comment.
0: <laughs> that's why we're in radio fashion. Now you know
2: what he is. He's mean, man. He's mean. I'm glad I have the other Andy. We have two Andy designers at work. I you work with the other Andies? Andy. Oh, yeah. like, is it you that's Two-Face? No, is it? No. You have another. There's
0: another Andy who's way better than me, yeah. And he's nice. Oh, okay.
2: He is nice, I will say he is very I'm not saying he's not nice. The other Andy is just he very, sounds like very it. Yeah. nice. Yeah.
1: The other Andy's really nice, nicer than you? Yeah.
2: He's one of the nicer people
1: on my floor at work. Is he nice or is he nice to your face, right? Like is he really nice, Andy? Maybe you should have a bad maybe you should have a clash of the Andes. Maybe we should. Is he a designer? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. This is even better. Yeah. You could have like a design-off, a friendly-off. A friendly-off. He probably talks more than you.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh,
2: I don't don't know. I don't know about that. I think everyone talks more than me. Okay, I I don't (laughs) interact with this Andy here on a day-to-day basis. But other Andy's pretty quiet, too. Yeah.
1: I think it's part of the name Andy. Maybe. Uh, John Anderson, who we had on the podcast last (laughs) week. So that he heard you talk more on the podcast when he's been listening to it than we ever did working together. That's about right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was like, put a mic in front of him. He just goes. (laughs) Anyway, sorry to derail the conversation again. Well, this has been great. I'll come over here. Yeah, you just
0: stand over there. I'll just I'll just, I'll just keep interviewing our guest. This has been great, Trey. Thanks for coming on. Is there any other other parting wisdom or advice that you would give to anybody who wants to transition from one role to another? Yeah, what would you say? yeah definitely.
2: Um, if there's another role you want to go to, I'd say learn it as well as you can from your current role. Learn what they talk about in their meetings. Learn what... Uh, they fear as like a group. What do developers fear of, of PMs? Like, you wow, know, what like, they to, fear. what are they, what are they like afraid that. of, of that role? Where, where has there been historical tension between roles? What kind of, figure out who's doing it well at your current company and who's doing a bad job <laughs> and go learn from both of them. Learn what not to do and learn what to do because before you make the switch to become as informed as you possibly can be, uh, you'll do night and day better. Totally, totally. Awesome.
1: What if you want to do it? It sounded like nobody ever told you not to do it. Was there anybody that had like a dissenting vote that you talked to who was like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't
2: Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a female colleague who was like, But you're really good at research. (laughs) You're like the best. Everyone looks up to you. And I was like, I don't know if that's true, because I certainly don't believe it, but But thank you. Um and that really probably was the hardest part. So it was it was a valid concern, it was one I was already kind of, you know, marinating on. But um if you're good at something, do you really want to leave it to, to do something else and uh you, know, you miss all the shots you don't take. Maybe I was good yeah. at research, maybe you'll be great at PM. I don't know. Yeah. Time will tell. We'll see where I'm at in three years. Well yeah. you can just roll back into the I mean you just be like, Hey, I'm
1: um, remember when I was gonna design uh, research? I'll just can I do that again? Yeah, come, read, like, read yeah, open yeah, just that come back. Just come back at the new salary that you got.
2: Yeah, right. Actually, <laughs> actually, my salary didn't change. <laughs> oh, oh. But that's okay. That's okay. You get there, but
1: the but the limit's higher at least uh, for uh, those out there. For those out there who want a salary discussion here. Uh, Andy, how much do you get paid? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Two KitKat um, a week. I would, I would assume just from my my own research from user research designers, PMs, PMs probably got the higher. I think yeah. Yeah, the make the highest, cap, right? Mm-hmm. I think
2: then design. I think then research. I think when I was a researcher, you could pretty much expect that a, a peer level designer mm-hmm. makes about ten grand more than you. So. if you know, you're making 100 as a mid level or senior researcher somewhere. At that same company, a senior designer would be 110. Um, yeah. And that PM was about on par with design, give or take, a little bit, but just slightly under. So I uh, went from senior UX to regular PM, stayed the same. Yeah. So it was total lateral so step. Some- <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're just going up. And just I'm trying to picture. Now I'm trying to make an analogy like Burger Time. Remember Burger Time? Where you climb up the ladder and you go across, climb up the other ladder and then go across. Is it a video game? And you go make hamburgers or Donkey Kong. There you go. I Donkey, like Donkey Kong. Kong makes Donkey Kong. Sense. I've never heard Where of Burger up, Time. You go up and then you go up that way and then that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It makes sense. Plus, PM, the product like you brought up earlier, it, has a, it just has a higher opportunity level. Yeah, right? that, that for more me, for that was the
2: the real thing, ultimately, of... If I put 30 years into UX research, where do I end up versus if I put 30 years into product management, where do I end up? Mm-hmm. And product management had a higher ceiling. That was that was it, that was the yeah. tipping point. I'm
1: with you man because I transitioned, you guys don't even know. I transitioned as well from a copy machine repair <laughs> technician to a designer where I was making yeah. I was making about 50k, right? Repairing copy machines. Not bad, dude. That's yeah, really yeah. not. That's, that's not bad. Surprisingly. Yeah. You want to go about, you don't do it. But uh, it was fun. <laughs> but then, yeah, when I got my first design job, I went back
2: down the rung quite a bit. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, entry-level design doesn't pay well. It's, no. You've, you've got to have a few years of tenure before you get. Well, and paycheck. it was an internship,
1: right? Because I didn't have yeah. an experience. Just like everybody else who's whining and complaining, they get out of Dev Mountain or V School and they're like, oh, you need experience. Yeah, you got to go out and get experience. like. Mm-hmm. You got to take an internship you don't want to take. You can't make eighty k right out of the box. Yeah. I mean, right now people are making a lot more than what I did. I think my internship was like, yeah, I think I think it was like 40, 35 for like a good six months. Hmm. And then, uh, and then yeah, but the opportunity is
2: way higher, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So no that's, similarities. That's what I tell people who are leaving these schools is you got to do whatever you got to do to get that first six months of experience. You might have mm. to do it for free. But that's what people hire you on is experience, not a certificate. And so you gotta get that experience. Yeah. yeah. it's true. Very true.
1: So how long have you been BM PM now? Six months. So now you got your, now you got your Yeah, now I'm an level. expert. Yeah, totally. yeah. You're done. <laughs> no, I would expect, yeah, I would expect you to go back today and go ask for a raise.
2: Yeah, I think that's
1: that's where I'm going next, actually. Yeah. <laughs> say, say we said you could have a raise. Yeah. I want a 15%, right? Yeah. No, 50, dude. Fifty, Yeah. 50. Start having negotiation skills, man. Go high.
0: <laughs> do you know how much I bring to the company? You got to bring all those numbers in. You got to do all do, that you stuff. You know
2: who I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am the face of the company. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other trays at Workfront? Is there another tray over there?
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. There's I mean, there was one in high school. There, yeah. we're around. There's a few of us. <laughs> There's <you>. a few of <laughs> us. Uh, but not nah, As far as I knew, was like
1: you and the guy from Green Day were like the only two trays that I know of. Okay. I don't know any other trays. Yeah. My punk rock off. Trey three Cool, yeah. Yeah. That was you? That was me. I don't yeah, know. was on Green Day. He's Trey Cool. He transitioned yeah. twice. <laughs> <laughs> Green Day to user research. <laughs>
0: That's that was stuff. a good move. It was, yeah. Good, yeah.
1: That was a sinking ship, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard their new album? It sunk, dude. Have you Did heard it? that new no, album? I oh haven't. my gosh, I haven't. Like you said, sinking ship. <laughs> yeah, you got out early, man.
0: <laughs> good on you. Yeah. All right. Is that okay. it, Patrick? I
1: think that's it, right? Yeah. Anything else? Any, you any announcements, Andy? Huh? You kidding?
0: any announcements?
1: I
2: don't know. You going to Disneyland next week? <laughs> i wish wait he is gonna be in disney world in <laughs> oh great in april yeah are you really going <laughs> yeah. to disney world in <laughs> april I, I happen to know this about him what color. are you gonna
1: do in march if you went to you went to, <laughs> to disneyland in january you went to disneyland in february what are you gonna do in
2: march i'm gonna
0: watch a lot of disney movies
2: really disney yeah. plus fire up the old disney wait, Plus. wait yeah man you should go to the disney museum in the bay area Mm. it's put on by the walt disney family not the walt disney corp never heard of this before oh, and really? it is super cool go wow. check it out
0: huh i would love that jeez that's what i'm going to always new things that's what i'm gonna do and
2: you could always justify a trip to the bay area when you're in software you could always just be like i'm gonna go see yeah. xxx customer yeah yeah company pay for it done right there work for you've us. got some customer research to do out there right coming up absolutely I'm pretty sure you do.
1: Yeah. Sounds like you guys are planning a trip right now, and I'm wondering if I can tag along.
2: Join us over. You need you need a friend to
1: carry your bags, right? Join us. Join you over at Workfront. Come on, man. Yeah, it's it's the dark side. I don't know. We'll talk about it off air. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's it, right? That's it, man. Thanks for having (laughs) me, guys. Thanks for coming. What?